Welcome to issue 21 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I am one of your hosts, Mike, and joining me is Steve. Hey, Mike. And Daniel. Hello, Mike. Well read that intro. Unfortunately, Musafa can't be with us tonight, uh, but we're going to try to tune in to him in his secret lair through one of our spy satellites. Let's see. Nope. Wait a minute. Almost got him. There he is. We must work in the world, your eminence. The world is thus. No, Senor Hontar. Thus we have made the world. Thus have I made it. That is from one of the best movies ever made, The Mission. Uh, so, Mike, you're back again for a second week. You have some news for us? Why don't you tell us why you're here? I'm still pimping out the, uh, the League of Cooperative Gaming Convention, LCGCon 2020. Woo! Uh, for those who missed it, this is taking place during Gen Con weekend because Gen Con has been canceled. This is July 30th to August 2nd. Details are to come, but is going to bring together the Marvel Champions, Arkham Horror, and Lord of the Rings living card game communities because so much of that fan base overlaps. And we all enjoy playing the same types of games. It's going to be held online, over Discord. Details to be announced, but mark your calendars. It's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it because I was not able to go to Gen Con this year, but now I am. Now you are. Me too. Now I am. Yeah. 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 We like the games and we like each other. And that's what matters. Well, I tolerate you, but, you know, yeah. whatever. I, I, I barely tolerate me. I, yeah, <laughs> it all makes sense. So what are we doing here, Steve? What's, what's on the docket? Well, tonight's issue is going to be a Shadow of the Past episode. We're going to talk about Iron Man's Nemesis Whiplash. Oh. But before we get to that, we got a couple little sections we're going to do. We're going to dive into our Intelligentsia segment, which is a collection of the most intelligent villains in the Marvel Universe. In this segment, we were asked by some of our listeners some questions. Uh, So it's always great to get some feedback, and we did finally. um, And it's not just our moms asking. So we have three three questions we're going to look at tonight. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's tough that Mustafa's not here because he would never believe that there's a listener, like a group of listeners, to ask questions. Yeah, I think that's actually why he's not here. He couldn't. He, could, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into the first question. I'm gonna ask you guys, and then uh, I'll give my thoughts afterwards. So our first question comes to us from Kennedy Hawk from the Marvel Champions Monthly Podcast, and his question was: As true villains. If you could plot up a new keyword for the encounter cards, what would it be and what would it what would it do? I'll go with you, Daniel. A new keyword. Yeah. Okay. So just to remind folks, keywords are like surge, tough. What else we got? Guard. Guard. Okay. All right. I want to make a new keyword that has something to do with regeneration. Okay? So like if the, the first hit on a minion or a villain or whatever does not, or I guess it would have to be a minion. So if the first hit does not destroy the minion, 
they they get all their hit points back. Right, that could be powerful. Yeah, when you said regeneration, I was thinking, yeah, like if this like healing factor, if this minion is in play at the start of the villain phase, give it one health or something. Yeah, yeah but we know that they never last longer than a phase. So yeah. basically, it's, it's it's something that maybe it's attachment, maybe it's just a that that gives the keyword. But this keyword's like you've got to hit them in one shot, or they're back to back to normal. So you can't chip away at, at, at folks or like, you know, a lot of ways we dealt with Madam Hydra the other night, Mustafa and I, like when we were playing, it's like, I hit him, I hit her, you hit her, that kind of thing. Right. Like this negates that. So I, I like, I like that. You got to one shot him. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mike? Got any thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, infinity surge, I think would be a good one. Uh, no. Infinity <laughs> surge. <laughs> every card has surge forever. Yeah. It, you know, it says Surge Infinity on it, nice. and uh, there you go. No, uh, the I think I, I would do something to fix the meta a little bit. Daniel, you alluded the, to this when we spoke last time about those games where you know you're going to win an hour before you do. Right, yeah. Now, how do you know you're going to win? Your board's set up. Your board's set up, yeah. Now, the villain can't get their board set up because they have the heroes keep chipping away at their upgrades and attachments. So I'm thinking a keyword like I don't know, raid or raise or something where villain attacks and discards an attachment from you. Mm. Mm. Chips away at your board state. I mean, we already have that, that one encounter treachery that does that. Yep, that, that so one. Something, something that duplicates that effect. Yeah. Oh, I like it a lot. Yeah, that could be. Level the playing field. Yeah, that's a good one. So the one I was thinking of was just a, a straight-up steal from Lord of the Rings doom or something similar where when this card comes out you're adding threat to the main scheme the threat on the main scheme goes up faster even when you're in hero mode so you can't just sit in hero mode the whole time and know that it's only going to go up one at a time maybe you know this thing comes out you're going to put two or three or four you know some extra doom out there that that could be interesting i think too to help accelerate the the villain's win condition i like that yeah when you mentioned the regenerate, another one that came to mind just now, and it also ties back into Lord of the Rings, is something like Peril, where if a minion had something similar to that, if it's engaged with you, nobody else can attack it. You have to deal with it. Your allies oh, can't I, help yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thor can't steal it. Right. Nobody can target like it that. except for the player that it's engaged with. So that could be fun, too. Uh, okay. So that was question one. Let's try number two here. This is uh, from Banana Crapshoot from the Sides Game Podcast. He asked, if you could take over any villain group in the Marvel comics, what would it be and why? Let's start with Mike this time. Mike, what do you think? I I thought about this for a while. I'm going to go with the Universal Church of Truth. Oh. These are this galactic church that uses people's faith and stores them as batteries. Wait, is this, a real, this is a real thing, or you making it up? This is in the Marvel Universe. Okay. Yeah. Real as, in, as far as Marvel goes. <laughs> and <laughs> the, their bishops and their crusaders, they can just they can channel this injury, and if they just believe, it works. So I believe I can punch through your invincible armor, and I can. Wow! So being, being the head of the church, you have access to all of that. What do, what do you call it? That, that belief, the belief energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I watched a recent uh, Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, 
and Mantis was in it, and she was a member of that church, and they had this whole belief thing going on. So that, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's that's the yep. one. All right, so I'm going to go next. I would like to take over AIM, the uh, advanced idea mechanics. They're, they're not all bad guys, and they're working on some high-level science-y stuff. So I think it would be great to just have this crew of scientists just building you stuff whatever it is you want, you know, things that are way out there. I know I might have to fight MODOK for control of it, but uh, I think having AIM under my control could be pretty fun. Uh, I've been doing a lot of home remodeling lately, and it'd be great to just have a crew of guys come in and do it for me and stand there and laugh and point at them. So, Well, my answer is kind of in that vein. It's not necessarily like a, a supervillain crew. I want to be Edison, okay? But I, I want to choose different people that power my battery all right okay and and i just want to choose a whole bunch of old um older white folks with whom i politically disagree more than half of the senate for example would be my my first battery powering agents so that they can finally contribute to society they can they can meaningfully energize this country like like our what at the beginning says, like we're, I want to benefit the planet. And I think the best way to do that is to have Edison make some cool battery that is run on, you know, yep. evil and hate that gets reapplied into a more positive way. I thought a lot about this one. I'm not articulating it great tonight based on your guys' silence, but <laughs> I, I, I really thought about like how, like how to make people useful and turn them into a battery. Like Edison's, you know, the idea was right. You know, he just chose the wrong constituent like group. That's all. We're watching Daniel's uh, origin story yeah. unfold right before right. our eyes. This is this is it. Okay, question three. Uh, this is from the guys over the Alter Eagles podcast. Asked us this for each of us as villains, who would be the hero that would deserve the title of our arch rival? This one was tougher for me. I got this one right away. All right, go for it. Iron Man. He he kind of represents all the things I find just loathsome. Uh, his his wealth, um, his strength is derived entirely from wealth and connections, not from necessarily any hard work or innate. Like I, I don't know. I just I I hate him. I absolutely hate him. I hate him in the game. I, I will never play Iron Man. Like I just he doesn't do it for me. He's my arch arch rival, arch enemy, hands down. That's a good one for this issue. So, yeah, yeah, no, I I understand Whiplash. He's going to be my new favorite, I bet. So that's me. Mike, do you have one? Uh, word for word, exactly what Daniel just said. <laughs> oh, oh no, <laughs> I I hate the guy. He he stands for everything I don't. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, I I don't even like him in the game. He's too. He does. He's not. He's. I put my toys down. I win. It's not. Yeah, the style of gameplay you even want to no, play. No, no, it's like, look, I can afford these trinkets. I win now. It's like, yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do everything. So, okay. Yep. You, you do that, Tony. Okay. Okay. Except the caveat, I was on his side in the Civil War II storyline. I, I, I'm not in line with you guys on him. I enjoy playing him in the game. <laughs> oh. uh, I, the more I read for this issue, the more I appreciate him. Um, uh, where he takes the focus of his money and his effort and his intellect um, 
to to do better uh to help the world you know in certain ways um yeah he's still kind of a playboy and all that kind of whatnot but there were some some interesting reads uh more so than say in the movies so well i'm looking forward to learning about it because well we're not going to talk about him we're going to talk about whiplash i, I know but if, if you can make through this story or i'm open-minded to you know yeah uh i i couldn't really come up with a hero that would be my Arch enemy, because I don't think any of them match my caliber of villainy. Interesting. So, yeah. Even one's not even one's not in the game yet. Yeah, I'm just I'm a class above. I don't think they're <laughs> an arch <laughs> an arch rival. Nobody could rival me. So that's tough but fair. That's my that's my that's my final answer. So now some uh, might consider that a dodge. Um, I I think that was genius, Steve. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> those were our first three listener questions. We have a few more for another issue. And if you have any questions for us at the end of the show, we'll tell you how to get a hold of us Please. and send us a question. So, Please. all right. So, Mike was going to give us a little reading list, some suggested stuff he had that is relevant to today's issue. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, not relevant to today's oh. issue, relevant to us as villains. Oh, okay. I think. And, and it's just cool. So, if you remember last episode uh, when I was doing Titania's backstory, Daniel, you you mentioned oh that her, her story just goes wild and crazy. Yeah, you don't even know wild and crazy. Oh, um, okay. Go check out Guardians of the Galaxy 2008 series. So not not the 2015, not the one that everybody knows from the movies. Okay. The the characters are there. They're roughly the same there's a few differences plus a few more really cool characters mantis is way cooler star lord isn't quite as goofy it's it's still kind of goofy ish but not not as goofy as the the modern comics and the artwork is fantastic the stories are fun and they just build and build and build and it's the it's a guardians of the galaxy that actually feels cosmic it feels like yes they are guarding the galaxy and the Universal Church of Truth, they, they play a big role in it. And there's, there's a part, and I'm not going to spoil much here, but part of the team is trying to become the martyr of the Universal Church of Truth. Well, there's another group that has died and is searching oblivion for someone's dead daughter, while another group is in the negative zone, outsider dimension in the negative zone, defending a prison of supervillains super from Earth from an invading demon horde who's going to take over things. This is all happening at the same time. This, these are side plots. Nice. These are all side plots. It is bat guano crazy. And <laughs> I love it. I bat absolutely love it. It is, it is, <laughs> it is 25 uh, issues in this series. It doesn't completely end. It more merges into other storylines that happen. And the reason why I thought it'd be great here is because it ends with the emergence of two wonderful villains, one that most people know, I'm not going to spoil it, and then one who is actually my favorite of the two, and I don't actually know what happens to him. I think he's still out and about. I don't know if he's come back yet, but oh my, it, it is bizarre and bonkers, and I think I like it better than the current incarnation of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that's right. super exciting. And oh, that was a 2008 run, you said? Yes, I believe it was 2008. Yeah, it's the one before the the 2015 run. And this segment will be called 
pulled from the villain's bookshelf. Speaking of villains. Yeah, so Whiplash. Which Whiplash? Because there's like three Whiplashes that people might know about. That is a plethora of Whiplashes. Yeah. Uh, Triple take, gonna hurt your neck. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to touch on the two that are not the Whiplash in our cards. Uh, and focus in on the one that is. So our the first Whiplash, who's not our nemesis, but goes by the moniker Whiplash, is Mark Scarlatti. First appears in Tales of Suspense number 97 back in January of 1968. He ends up dying in Iron Man volume 3 number 28 in May 2000. So he has a pretty good run. Mark is a member of the Magia, a well-known crime organization at least in the Marvel Universe. He does battle with Iron Man a a whole bunch of times to a stalemate. He later uh, goes undercover and infiltrates Stark International uh, factories in Cincinnati. He battles with Iron Man again. He ends up escaping. This whiplash has a whip, surprise, surprise, uh, that's like a steel fiber whip that can cut through stuff. So he can knock down statues. He can rip through parts of Iron Man's armor. Mm. Um, eventually, he battles Iron Man with Melter and the Man Bull, and he is soundly beaten and taken to jail. This is a week two in a row referencing Man Bull, which is <laughs> yep. just one of the... <laughs> yep. It was like, Not... what yep. was the other villain I liked so much? Cause... The Mad Thinker. Mad yeah. Thinker. So yeah. Mad Thinker and Man Bull should really tool around together. Yeah, I think oh so. Man Bull. All oh. right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's eventually freed from prison by Justin Hammer, a competitor to Tony Stark. And Hammer updates his armor, updates his whip, and he renames himself Backlash. He does some more jobs for the crime syndicate. He does some jobs for Hammer and some other folks. Uh, and eventually, he takes a final strike at Tony Stark. This point in the story, Tony's armor has gained sentience. Wow. So the armor has, you know, evolved to a sentient being. And Tony is working with the armor. He doesn't know what he should do with it. Should he destroy it? Should he keep it? How does he handle? How does he handle it? Because he just made this thing. Mm. And but at that point, Whiplash attacks. Stark. So Tony gets in the armor and they go to battle Whiplash because now Whiplash has uh, rocket jets and all this other powers. And the suit determines that Whiplash is a bad man and against Tony's wishes, the suit ends up killing Whiplash while Tony's inside. And you you can see a real struggle with uh, Tony Stark trying to stop the armor, trying to preserve life and really freaking out about what his tech has done now. That's one of those little pieces, I think, where we see a more nuanced side of Tony Stark. Um, but that ends Whiplash, that version of him. Whiplash number one. Whiplash okay. number one. Okay. Uh, and, you know, he dies in May of 2000, just in time for all the new MCU movies to come out, right? <laughs> uh, well, that's good, because he looked like a dewey. Yeah. No, he, he was, was... His initial yeah. costume's pretty bad. By the time he takes on Tony at the end there, though, he looks a lot like the Whiplash in our card art. He's got gray metal armor. He's got these energy whips. 
So it, it, he evolves okay. quite a bit from the 60s. Okay. But the whiplash we're going to talk about is Anton Venko. He appears in his first appearance is in Iron Man versus Whiplash number one in January 2010. And Anton Venko, not to be confused with the character the Crimson Dynamo, also named Anton Venko. Uh, the Whiplash version is Russian. The Crimson Dynamo version is Armenian. I don't know why they keep giving people the same names just to confuse us. Now, can I ask a question real quick, Steve? Sure. Is at, at this point does the universe acknowledge that this is a different person, or is it like an alternate storyline? No, it's a completely different person. Yep. Okay. It, so it's not a remix or a time travel or a, some sort of reboot. It's just a new person. And does Anton Venko like reference previous Whiplash at all? No, nope. nope. he's, he's going to be his own thing. It's just they're okay. reusing the name. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's a great name. So I see why you'd. Yeah. I like Backlash too. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So this Anton is a scientist in a Russian town called Volstok. And the town gets attacked by seemingly Iron Man. An Iron Man flies over the town and basically murders 3,000 people. What? Um, yep. No. The suit comes flying in and just blows the town to pieces, a killing Anton's father, Igor. So once again, how are we called the villains? Right, right. Well, we'll get to it. Oh. So how many years ago did Tony accidentally kill the original Whiplash? It was 10 years yeah. ago, and now it, it suit is his suit goes on, a murder on to kill more. Yeah. Anton is a scientist, and he's actually working on experimental rifle technology so he has this crazy strange energy rifle that him and his father were building and he's manages to shoot the suit down he's like one of the lone survivors there's a few people who survive and when he blows the suit up he's able to take take the chest piece from it and some of the parts from it this is a, a mark 29 armor so now he has the suit tony's not in the suit at the time and whiplash knows that right yeah there's nobody in the suit right but yeah. it Tony Stark says, I'm framed. I didn't do this. I would never do this. But he ends up going on trial. He submits himself to trial. He goes to trial against world courts, and he goes to jail for mass murder. Tony Stark's in jail, and Vanko is not satisfied with that, however. His father's dead because of Stark. He doesn't believe any of this crap Stark says about it. You know, he didn't really do it. He takes this piece of armor that he has, plus along with his own tech, and he, he builds a half suit of armor and he makes these long energy whips that go along with it he then breaks into prison where stark is so he can kill stark but while tony's in jail he builds himself a crude suit of armor out of different parts he works in the maintenance shop he does a little bit of this so he's been building this like really archaic looking suit of iron man armor so when whiplash breaks in tony's able to put a suit on and do battle with Banco long enough to try to escape at this because at the same time pepper potts is there visiting him with like lawyers and that sort of stuff and she had flown in on a helicopter and they're able to escape so tony and pepper escape because Vanko breaks in to try to kill him which mike agree with me makes us hate tony more right he's, oh, in, a, yeah. he's in a low uh, security prison obviously where he's allowed to white collar build a suit oh god this is oh yeah you know, where mass murderers go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so while Stark is 
eluding the capture, recapture to go back to jail because he doesn't go back. He doesn't submit himself uh, to go back to jail. So he is a criminal now. He's a villain now. Anyways, he tries to track down those who are framing him and stealing his tech. And what happens, what he ends up discovering is that there are these people who are cloning him. They ha- they've got a hold of his DNA. They're making these clones so that they can use his biometrics to steal pieces of his armor little by little by little, decades over decades over decades over decades. Um, Interesting. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Iron Man figures this out, and he knows that Whiplash is after him. So he tricks Whiplash into following him to the hideout where these people have stolen all his tech. And the two of them show up at this facility. It's in Japan. There's this army of Tony Stark clones, but they're not quite good enough. So they're like decaying zombie Stark clones. And there's just (laughs) hundreds of pieces of his tech there. So you've got Tony Stark zombie clones and mismatched pieces of Iron Man armor doing battle against Iron Man and Whiplash. The two of them team up in order to take take out this organization. And Vanko has a great time of it because he gets to kill Tony Stark over and over and over again. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's yeah, it's he really gets, you know, gets his juices flowing for that. Uh, it turns out that this organization is really shadow governments of all the major governments in the world including the US and Russia and China. They're all working together to steal Tony's tech to use for their own personal uh, missions because uh, Tony won't give his tech to the government, right? So these guys have been stealing it. And it was Putin who had Vanko's village wiped from the map because Vanko's father was speaking out against Putin rather wow. effectively. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting uh, bit so there. The, comic, the comics went there, huh? They went into yeah. real life. Okay. Yep. Wow. Even House of Cards didn't do that. Yeah. Even still, Whiplash blames Tony because Tony made the tech. It's still your tech, regardless of who t- who took it and who stole it. After they wipe out the facility, Whiplash goes after Tony. Uh, Tony manages to escape. And then Venko says, all right, I'll let Tony go for now. I'm going after Putin. And the last we see is him heading to the Kremlin to try to kill Putin. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's some ballsy writing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right, so then there's a whole bunch more exploits and that sort of thing. Uh, and it, it, it builds from there, and it goes on from there. But that's pretty much his story, his creation, and his origin. He's got his armor. He's got the whips. They can slice through a metal staircase without batting an eye. If he spins it, they can deflect bullets. He can put the whips into like a propeller mode like he, for like long jumps or really minor flight. Uh, he's got night vision through his helmet and his goggles. Uh, and the whips can go out to about 25 feet. They're like spring-loaded, and so you can use them on offense or defense. He can he can reverse the polarity to pull things back to him. He can knock stuff down. He can chop stuff over. That's the whiplash we're gonna um, look at the cards set for. Cool. There's one more whiplash, Ivan Vanko, who we see in the MCU movies. Iron Man two that had whiplash in it was April 2010, and the comic was january 2010 and from what i could tell that they created the comic version so that before the mcu movies you know came out there was a tie-in so that there was like this character somewhat existed already so it wasn't related to that mark scarlatti version of whiplash i see 
and that has a similar idea in the movies, at least you know his powers and abilities. But um, sure, and his attack, you know. So, but there's a lot of differences too. I'd like to comment if I yeah, may. Yeah, please. That movie, I, I think they did a great job introducing Whiplash in that movie, and I really liked him as a villain. Uh, I'm going to channel my channel my inner Mustafa here and say, what the heck were they doing in that last battle scene? He just like shows up and they and he loses all that build up. And sorry, that was my little rant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so shall we take a look at these cards? Do let's. All right, we have uh, you had me monologuing segment here. Iron Man, Nemesis, Whiplash. We have four unique cards, five totals plus the obligation. Daniel, why don't you give us the obligation? I'd be happy to. Business problems. Give to the stony, the stony, the stony Tark player. The um, Tony Stark player, you may flip to alter ego form, choose, exhaust Tony Stark, remove business problems from the game, or exhaust each upgrade you control and discard this obligation to boost icon. Same old, same old from the core set. Yep. Um, Very much. It can hurt you if you're Tony. But boy, it can hurt Tony, right? Yeah. Now, how often do you, I mean, Tony Stark's not a defender, right? If he does, he can ready himself. Yeah, I have. Um, I I like Tony, the uh, Iron Man protection. Since you guys don't like playing him, I play him. Um, and in that mode, sometimes I get his armor buffed up a little bit, uh-huh, defend uh-huh. so that you can use the protection cards. Um, so you might be exhausted because you know you have the arc reactor, so you're going to ready up when the player phase comes around. I I've had this hit a couple times. Yeah, but okay, all right. Not, you know, it, it's like any of the core obligations. And so if you're playing Tony and you exhaust, that's pretty bad, right? Yeah, if you have to exhaust all your upgrades because you can't go aerial, you can't use your helmet, you can't use your right. gauntlets, you can't use your arc reactor to ready again. Uh, yeah, it, it can hurt. Okay. Yeah, it's each upgrade. Yeah. All right. This is a, this is actually a real, I mean, we'll talk about it probably at the end, but it's a very difficult Nemesis deck for a Tony Stark. Yeah, I think it's well built. Yeah. Okay, I got Whiplash. He is a unique minion, two scheme, three attack, the criminal trait, and four hit points. He has retaliate one and two boost icons. Mm. Just wish he had more hit points. Yep. So he deals a damage when he shows up. You, yeah, he's going to do at least one damage when you go to kill him. <laughs> I just don't think that's worth it. That That's one more than a lot of these deaths. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, and this is art right from the... Um, Whiplash versus Iron Man story where he's broken into the facility along with Tony. I can't quite understand his mask, but uh. yeah, it's it's like a it's co- almost like a vulture face. It's real angular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's piece of the piece of the suit that you can see he's wearing parts of Iron Man armor that he then adjusts to his own stuff. And an interesting thing I read was the hair was piece of the mask. Like he attached this flowing mane to it, like a Centurion or something. And then it became, no, he just has green hair. <laughs> so, oh, well, all right. Yeah. I like a green hair villain. Yeah, I, he is the least interesting card of this Nemesis deck, actually. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, because he could be knocking stuff around. He could be he could be doing what you were talking about with the raid, caught off guard, kind of right after he, he you damage him or he damages you, strip off a piece of your upgrades. Yeah, it's a bummer that he's pretty weak as a yeah. minion. All right, Mike, give us the side scheme. Imminent overload. 
Whiplash has seized control of a power plant, threatening to overload the Transformers if his demands are not met. Yes, another card where the title is in the flavor text. Of course. God, I love that. <laughs> what? And you read it really well this week after being put your I, I had yes. to. Good. Okay. After Go on. Was like tanking last week, yeah. <laughs> this one has an acceleration token <laughs> on it, which we all love. Uh, this seems pretty standard. Three plus one per player. No. Three boost icons. So it's going to get you no matter what. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty standard. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. Is what it is. So let me, uh, let me tell you guys about Electromagnetic Backlash, which gets the name Backlash in, Steve, like you like. You can see that. Cool. Yeah. It's a treachery. One revealed. Each player discards the top five cards of their deck. For each printed energy resource a player discards this way, that player takes one damage. Five, four, three, two, two boost icons. You know, most Iron Man decks, you're building energy so you can do these massive repulsor blast shots. Yeah. And you could flip, you could flip three, four, five to you yourself. Sure I was just on Dexelsior, and they were talking about a game where he repulsor blasted for one, <laughs> and then got backlashed for five. Yeah, because he used he got rid of all the non-energy icons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he cleared the deck out. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, and and everybody's doing it. Each player. So you're playing a four-player game. Everybody's taking damage. And and we've got a lot of heroes. Oh that rely wow! On that resource. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just the person who flips the treachery. And even if you don't reveal any energy, you just burn through five cards of your deck. Yeah. You're getting closer to an encounter card. You might have just lost something you were counting on. So. so, Steve, in all your exhaustive research about Whiplash, how does this fit in uh, thematically? Yeah, pretty good. He, uh, I mean, those whips are doing what they're doing right there in the art. And uh, he's draining Tony Stark. Yeah, I think that, that hits right, right on. So awesome. The whips utilize the repulsor technology that he got out of the armor. So, it, I mean, in the game, it's perfect fit. Okay, okay. Cool. I'll read Electric Whip Attack. There are two of these in the deck. Treachery. When revealed, choose to either deal one damage to your hero for each upgrade you control, or choose and discard an upgrade you control. It has a special boost icon. If the villain is making an undefended attack, Choose and discard an upgrade you control. He's this is where he's using that whip to knock off those pieces of your armor, your upgrades can hurt um, as a boost. I like that boost. I like that boost. That yeah. boost is great. Yeah, if you just let him in, he's gonna peel something off. Because I'll always, I, I will often let the villain just attack me. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'll take two or three damage. Okay, or whatever. Yep. And then against Iron Man, if he's kitted out. And you have seven pieces of your armor out, seven upgrades. You you can't take seven damage, right? So right. you're going to be forced to let something blow up. You're going to be forced to discard something. Yeah, I think this is well built as a nemesis for Iron Man. Sure. Um, it to me ranks lower than Titania because Titania herself is good. Yes. And and Whiplash yeah. just isn't. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I think they hit the theme pretty well though with our like like the treachery cards. I guess the two the two treachery cards. They're great. Love yeah, them. and they it really targets Iron Man, so it really hits being a nemesis for him. But yeah, it can also hurt Black Panther or 
anybody who's going to play with a bunch of upgrades. So, yeah. Oh, Captain Marvel with her energy. Yeah. Yeah. Flip over four. three. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it 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 scores lower for me just because the actual game itself. Yep. I I see this more often because I will play Iron Man and I don't like play She Hulk. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other thoughts? B minus. And we're you're rating now. All right. B minus. Uh, Musafa would give it a. Eh. Yeah. Uh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, why don't I tell the folks how to get to our secret lair? You can find us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and on Discord. We're Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, The Truth, and Wandering Tuke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Steve, take us out. You started this, Tony. I will finish it. <laughs>